Good morning. It's Tuesday, October 27th, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 221. Or I should say Tech Talk Today? I thought you were doing Friday. I was. I was. But then I looked at my schedule and realized that that just wasn't going to work out. Plus, we have some production stuff going on Friday in the studio. So, in fact, as a little programming note, uh, the Linux Action Show is also going to be on Sunday this week, live. So, uh, just a little bit of heads up. Just, I don't know, maybe I'll just mention it now while I'm thinking about it. And so, since I realized that was going to happen, this is really the only other day in the uh, calendar that worked. So, I thought, let's sit down and do another show. And thankfully, the news cycle agreed with us. We have some big stories to get into. Uh, some, some that start right here in the U.S. and some that go over the pond and some that are also updates from stories over the pond. And, of course, there's also some major drone story developing today. So it's really interesting stuff. So let's bring in the Mumble Room. Time appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Yo. Hello. Hello. Okay, so let's start here in the U.S. because this one is uh, hot and, and going to get a lot of attention, I hope, soon. I haven't seen a lot of mainstream attention, but I'm hoping we get a lot more Uh you guys have probably heard of CISPA before. Well, CISA is now uh, – CISPA is the uh, CISPA without the privacy, uh, and it's on its way through the system. While the House of Representatives were all uh, getting media attention last week with uh, uh, like the Hillary Clinton stuff, senators just across the Capitol were making decisions that could have much deeper implications for United States security and privacy of millions of people. A bill known as CISA, the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act – cleared its closure vote on October 22nd with the qualified support of the White House. It's headed to, f- to the floor for debate and expected for final vote, possibly late today. CISA is supported by the North Carolina Republican Richard Burr. He's the chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And Diane Feinstein of California, she's also the committee's ranking Democrat. Again, the Select Committee on Intelligence, the ranking Democrat, and if you just stop right there, this actually in lies the problem. This, this bill is not being produced by, say, like the Department of Homeland Security, who's going to be running this. This bill is not being produced by, uh, by an agency that would be concerned about your, say, your privacy. It's being produced by the Intelligence Committee. So this is right out of the gate, being produced by the Intelligence Committee. From, coming from the Intelligence Committee, it is a intelligence surveillance bill. Ron Wyden said as much, too. Um, in fact, this is coming out of the Senate Intelligence Committee, not the Commerce or Homeland Security Committees. El Durando, who runs the tech policy program at George Mason University. Uh, also, just a few bit, bits of details about why CISA is a concern. CISA advocates say the U.S. privacy protections are currently the problems. So here's the argument. And then we're going to get into why CISA is an issue. They say CISA advocates say that U.S. privacy protection laws right now are inhibiting corporations from sharing crucial data that could help other businesses or the federal government catch hackers before they do harm. Uh, but as Richard Burr has admitted in recent days, Richard Burr, who uh, is a – you noted him down here. He is a uh, a former intelligence official, I believe. But he says CISA won't do that. Uh, basically, they, they looked at the numbers and they say that uh, there is – and I think the quotes um, – many U.S. large companies already practice this kind of broad data collection and cybersecurity information sharing as CISA prescribes, but to little or no effect. A CISA-style program rarely allows them to prevent attacks, as the bill promises. In fact, the Department of Homeland Security already has a cyber threat alert system compelled by the Department of Computer Emergency Readiness Team. It's call, it's, it's, uh, it monitors public and private network threats and provides daily updates to anyone who subscribes to it. None of the CISA proponents have explained how the DHS program is so deficient in its mission that yet another system needs to be created. Uh, now, a former C- a CIA analyst, Patrick Eddington, for Just Security, a national security forum based at the Center of Human Rights and Global Justice, said that this is, in other words, 
They've tried the SIS experiment because we already have something in the DHS, and it doesn't really work. Eddington says the CISA does not address the real kind of vulnerabilities that have led to high-profile attacks in government network configs. Uh, he notes that nearly of, of the 68,000 information security incidents they analyzed last year, none of them were traced back to a lack of inter- information sharing. So, yet, yeah, there's no real compelling reason why we need information sharing, why, why, why we need this, this uh, government and corporate information sharing. What this would do, according to Eddington and other critics, is enhance U.S. intelligence agencies' opportunity to spy on U.S. citizens. The proposed law puts the DHS in charge of these new data collection powers, but also gives the Homeland, gives the Homeland Security Department the – and here's the really big crux of it. Here's the really big problem why people say it could be an intelligence bill. It gives the DHS full ability to share the data with any other federal agency or department, component, officer, or employee, or agent of the federal government. That includes FBI, ATF, intelligence agencies like the CIA, NSA, the Department of Agriculture, if DHS feels it's necessary. It can even include private contractors hired by the federal government. And the measure provides less security than is currently exercised over such conventional programs as warrantless bulk data collection that, is exposed, that was exposed by Snowden. CISA would, according to Wheeler, create a vast new spying, a new amount of spying that could include any Americans with no court oversight and few protections. Along with um, reasons to share data, malicious reconnaissance, if they believe malicious reconnaissance is happening, like uh, malware that records passwords or tries to get into your system, uh, that can be a warrant to share information. Computer code and security vulnerabilities is another quote-unquote reason. CISA allows sharing of information about an actual or potential consequence of threat. Potential consequence of threat is a reason to share information with the federal government and any other data deemed applicable to cyber threats unless exchanges prohibited under existing law. Now, uh, we're going to get into a little bit more. This, the, we're going to go deeper down the rabbit hole in a second. But Ron Wyden said that this is not a cybersecurity bill. It's a surveillance bill. He's an Oregon Democrat, and he's been uh, trying to get out a lot of attention about this. He was doing an AMA yesterday. Now, the uh, Chamber of Commerce is, uh, is loving this. The Chamber of Commerce is recommending that companies back CISA because, and this is a quote from them, li- limited liability and disclosure because CISA gives them immunity for sharing data. They say, and this is a quote, CISA would give sweeping corporate immunity for companies sharing information. It basically, it's like, I mean, I mean to me, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. But hold on, we're going to go even further down. A former, senator, a former senior intelligence official admits that the point of CISA is surveillance. Uh, Marcy Wheeler has uncovered another little bit tidbit she was blogging, uh, buried in a CNN article about CISA, in which the reporter speaks to a former uh, senior U.S. intelligence official. He says, it would give our spy agencies greater visibility, she asks him. Would it? And he says, definitely. That's the point, the official says. Uh, he says, look at where it's coming from. And then if you want to dig into what corporation appears to be backing it, now, uh, this is coming from Fight for, Fight for the Future. This is a quote. They say, new information has surfaced about Facebook's position on CISA. Sources on the Hill tell us that Facebook lobbyists are welcoming CISA behind closed doors, even though Facebook has been lauded as opposing the bill after uh, the CCIA went up. You guys remember that. There was, a little, there was, a, there was other bills like this uh, that have been attempted. Uh, this bill would give companies like Facebook legal immunity for violating privacy law- laws as long as they share information with the government. It's supposed to be for cybersecurity, but in reality, uh, companies would be encouraged to share information beyond cyber threat data information that could be used for prosecuting all kinds of activities. So some people have looked into the money. 
And uh, it is, in fact, there is a lobbyist being paid by Facebook that is working with this intelligence committee on cybersecurity issues, quote unquote, and it's very generic at that. But it does look like it could be possibly Facebook behind some of this. So they set up a, a petition at youbetrayedus.org slash Facebook. Uh, they say Facebook may be the secret force behind the surveillance bill, CISA, which I think is probably not true. I think it's probably the intelligence agencies. But they may be the corporate sponsor behind it because it would be a big deal for them. So CISA is uh, basically if it makes it out, Obama said he's going to sign it. And what the key thing that you need to worry about, I, in my opinion, is that it allows for immunize, immunizing companies for sharing information with the federal government for some really loose reasons. So just like we did with the telcos, that now they have indemnification, and it enables the DHS to share it with pretty much anybody, even contractors in the federal government. And there's a lot of employees of the federal government. And they are claiming... I think the crux of the argument is they're claiming that it is to increase cybersecurity and to stop cyber hackers before they do harm. But yet the, the, the independent research groups that looked at previous attacks said that a lack of information sharing was not the problem, which, come on, that makes sense. So this isn't really going to do anything to actually prevent the problem. So I don't really actually see what the upside is. And I don't know, it doesn't seem to be getting a lot of attention. I mean, there's more and more people talking about it. We've been talking about it for two weeks now. And it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Mumble Room, any thoughts? Yes, this is just a New World Order thing. <laughs> well, okay. Except for it's a U.S.-only thing. Uh, you could maybe make that argument about the TPP, but I think, you know, CISA uh, is, I mean, it's a bad example. It's going to set a bad example. And uh it's the first step to the new world order that even all the Democrats and everything have been talking about. Even George W. Bush talked about the new world order. Uh, Bill Gates has officially stated that he wants a new world order. All this other bull crap, it's, it's upon us. Well, pulling the strings, then at the same time, the new world order, probably George W. Bush from his wheelchair, says the European Parliament rejects amendments protecting net neutrality. Uh, this is kind of uh, this kind of sucks. Uh, the EU has rejected amendments that would firmly protect the concept of net neutrality in Europe. They say this is from the Verge. The European Parliament voted in favor of new regulations, which proponents say establish an internet without discrimination. But advocates for net neutrality say the laws contain a number of loopholes, which would lead to the creation of a tiered internet service. The legislation also includes an end to roaming charges in Europe. Although some critics say those laws are also less robust. Than they appear. The new legislation allows the creation of internet fast lanes for specialized services and lets ISPs offer so-called zero-rating products, i.e. apps and services that don't count toward monthly data allowances without restrictions. Critics of the legislation say the latter loophole would allow big internet companies to favor certain uh, commercial deals, i.e. you have the zero rating T-Mobile does with Spotify and Apple Music and Google Music, so it's free to stream from Spotify, but if you go stream from Jupiter Broadcasting, you're paying for that. There's almost a built-in disadvantage there. Or if you have a big, you know, couple of three big companies that deliver products and services, they get the fast lane. The other people don't. Now, I'm not really closely related to the material here, so uh, I don't know if uh, anybody in the Mumble Room, Popey or anybody in the Mumble Room has any thoughts on this or any uh, local flavor they could add to the story. I think that's a negative. Well, I just have one thing to say about it. The internet is under attack. On the What's that? I have one thing to say about it, but I'm not saying it on the air because it 
yeah, it's. I think it, it does show you that there is a general trend towards uh, locking down the internet. I think that's kind of the point there. Uh, all right. Well, so moving to the next story, sort of interesting. Now, looking at the intelligence agency from the outside, XCIA chief cybersecurity startup is drawing major funding. You might remember him, and he just got $32.5 million in his new company, IronNet. Yes, that's true. That's right. Yay. Uh, so the uh, former head of the National Security Agency has attracted funding for a cybersecurity startup from a prominent venture capital firm, highlighting the continuing ties between Silicon Valley and the Wash and Washington, despite the recent tensions. And that's Keith Alexander there. He was the guy that was heading up the NSA when the Snowden leaks came out. A client of Perkins and uh, Bayer's is among the uh, investors, providing up to $32.5 million, uh, dollars, dollar, dollar, money, money, into IronNet Cybersecurity, Inc., which aims to help companies fight computer hackers with software. That's literally what they say. The transition from the NSA to the cybersecurity industry has become fairly common in the age of data breaches blamed on foreign hackers. Mr. Alexander's three most recent predecessors went on to work at Washington-era consulting and investing firms. On his website, IronNet uses a mix of tech and military language, promising real-time visibility and situational awareness across an information environment. So there you go. And he says, uh, we want them to know how far we've come. I mean, reference to his potential competitors like FireEye and CrowdStrike, which are pretty well-known, and also Raytheon. So the former head of the NSA is now getting money, money, money to run that up. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting how that works? Now, uh, let's follow up on the uh, Talk Talk hack story we covered on Friday. Now, I'm getting several different uh, links that come into the subreddit that say slightly different things, but it looks like the police have arrested a 15-year-old teenager in Northern Ireland over that Talk Talk hack. A Scotland Yard spokesman said an arrest has been made in connection with the investigation into alleged, alleged data theft from the Talk Talk website. At the address, a 15-year-old boy was arrested on suspicion of Computer Misuse Act offenses. Huh. Now, Talk Talk spokesperson said, yeah, Talk Talk can confirm that we have been informed by the police of the arrest of a suspect in connection with a cyber attack on our website. Now, remember, this cyber attack was a, uh, what, I think a SQL injection on the website? And then they just didn't have any data policies or any data security. In fact, uh, they didn't need it. They didn't need it. They didn't need it. No, the CEO of Talk Talk says, ah, we didn't need it. We're not legally required to encrypt leaked data. Our data wasn't encrypted, nor are you legally required to encrypt it. We have complied with all of our legal obligations in terms of storing of financial information. That's the CEO of TalkDoc. She, uh, she appears to be correct, too. The UK's Data Protection Act doesn't stipulate the data must be encrypted. Instead, it merely says that appropriate technical and organizational measures shall be taken against unauthorized or unlawful processing of personal data and against accidental loss or destruction or damage to personal data. In other words, <laughs> you know, they took reasonable means, but it was a cyber attack. It was a cyber attack by a 15-year-old who did a SQL injection on your website. Now, your architecture, how you protected that data, no, that doesn't matter. Or the fact that you had that low-hanging fruit, that doesn't matter. That talk, this Talk Talk company is a, is a uh, I think they need to go in the TechSnap Hall of Shame. I should try to remember this. Somebody needs to submit them as a Hall of Shame submission, please, techsnap.reddit.com. Because uh, that's just all kinds of ridiculous. That is unbelievable. All right. Uh, moving on. Get ready for this one. Walmart is seeking permission to seek drones for home delivery, pickup, and other interesting tasks. Walmart 
on Monday, applied to U.S. regulators permission to test drones for home delivery, curbside pickup, and checking warehouse inventories, uh, a sign that it plans to go head-to-head with Amazon. The world's largest retailer by revenue has, for several months, been conducting indoor tests of small unmanned aircraft systems. Now, we call them drones, and is seeking for the first time to test the machines outdoors. In addition to having drones take inventory of trailers outside its warehouses and perform other tasks, which that's interesting. You know, I've been thinking when I use, when I think of commercial drones, I've been thinking a lot of delivery and that kind of stuff. But you could see how it could be very useful just flying around a very busy uh, connection center or shipping center or um, a store and just kind of taking stock of what's going on or even doing safety inspections with the cameras. Uh, they say uh, they have other ideas that can make their distribution system more efficient. And Walmart is asking the Federal Aviation Administration for, for permission to research drone use in deliveries to customers at Walmart facilities as well as customers' homes. Mumble Room, are you ready for Walmart to deliver stuff for you via drone? Nope. I'd rather go to the store. <laughs> really? Yeah, so th- and pay cash. Really? Well, it's yet another job that's being taken away from humans. and uh, Somebody's got to pilot the drone. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's automated. Yeah. No, it'll be automated. But they don't yeah. do delivery now. So they're not taking away from a delivery driver. Well... Uh, I, as a human, might go and collect it. Or if I yeah. was, if I was an employee who was sent to the store to go and get stuff, then I'm no longer having to fulfill that role. So yeah. a robot is replacing that role. Yeah, and I would imagine like it's really going to hit UPS and FedEx too. Uh, that for for longer, bigger shipments. Um, in the application, Walmart said it wanted to test drones for taking stock of trailers and other items in parking lots of warehouses using electronic tagging and other methods. A Walmart distribution center could have hundreds of trailers waiting in its yard. And a drone could potentially be used to quickly account uh, for what each one is holding. That's kind of interesting. Walmart also said it wants to test home delivery in small residential neighborhoods after obtaining permission from, the living, uh, from those living in the flight path. One by one, huh? The test would see if a drone could be deployed from a truck to safely deliver a package at a home and then return it safely to the same. Uh, when, you, when you talk about drones being delivered from a truck, I am envisaging Will Smith driving through a tunnel in iRobot and uh, yeah, yeah. loads of uh, robots being deployed uh, to take him out. Suddenly. Yeah, it does seem like that is going to be, what, 10 years from now? <laughs> I mean, it just, yeah. it's coming fast if this is coming. I mean, uh, if we are really at the stage now where they're starting – these people are really seriously ready to start delivering packages to the home via drone. And if, if the first few companies that can get in on this, they are going to just dominate. How can mom and pop stores ever compete with home drone delivery? What's the legality of a drone landing on your property? Can you, can you take it? You know, you can consider it a gift because <laughs> you know, if, it lands, so. if it gets caught up or it gets trapped in a tree. I, I bet house. that would be like the same. I bet it's got to be like the same law for like if a taxi's in your driveway or something. It's got to be something like well, that. Well, if a store delivers something to me, like if Amazon sends me something and I never ordered it, but yeah, there's some mistake, and they didn't send me the thing I want, but they send me something else. And it's on your I'm property under, now. Yeah, I'm under no obligation to say that. Morally, I should. Yeah. But, and morally, I shouldn't steal this, this drone. But if it does land on my property, hey, free drones for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it just showed up. It just showed up. I didn't even ask for it. It just was there. Uh, yeah, the, and, you know, of course, people are going to try to steal them and things like that. But still, you know, for Walmart – to be able to deliver in in super fast time like that and not have to pay for, you know, a huge contract with FedEx or UPS and the gas of all of that, they could probably afford to lose a few drones a week. 
I don't know. Plus, you know, these things got tracking in them, so they know exactly whose house to go knock on. Excuse us, well, we I want our drone back. Them, <laughs> I look forward to the, the um, talks at uh, Black Hat conferences where they talk about, you know, hacking Walmart drones and sending them down people's chimneys yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, there's... Yeah, there's been there's also a gun coming to market that is like a it's like a GPS and a signal drone blocker that it blocks all those signals for the drone and uh, yeah it's it's a it's going to be a very interesting next few years and uh, I'm sure Walmart you know what though Walmart's going to spend a lot of money figuring some out some of this out for a lot of us so let's just kind of sit back and watch what they do see what them and Amazon do and that and the electric drive self-driving cars those are or whatever even even gas-powered self-driving cars that drone we're gonna have drones flying themselves and cars driving themselves in the next 10 years <laughs> it's just gonna be it's really gonna be something it's gonna be something and meanwhile i'm barely getting signal in half the places i i drove around um on the road trip so i don't know exactly how we're gonna make all that work yeah me neither actually the the cars is actually a nicer idea in my opinion because it's just extremely difficult this drone technology the four thousand dollar drones also just fly 20 minutes and how are you supposed to deliver stuff with them yeah and they have really limited weight capacity but you know that that kind of thing is obviously is going to change over time you, know, you have to start now to start figuring out what how it works and what to do and then as you figure that out the technology is going to advance it always does the, the weight capacity will get higher the distance will get longer you know the cost will come down Right, for little things, like, you know, I ordered a thing from Amazon yesterday, which is a HDMI to VGA adapter. It's a tiny thing. It's not very heavy. That could quite easily have been delivered by a drone. But yeah. instead, a gas-guzzling car turned up outside my house, and a man had to get out of the car and go and rummage in the back and then come to my door and ring the doorbell, whereas, yeah. you know, yeah. a drone could make that ten times more efficient. There will be probably a time when we look back and think, geez, that's really inefficient. That's how we did that? That is quaint. Right. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, horse-drawn carriages. Yeah. Like, the way yeah. you look back on those. So I, I plus, you know, it's a great point. Like there's I would pay extra for drone delivery too because even though probably we could save them in long ter- long term uh, because like a lot of times the things I need here in the studio is an adapter or an audio cable that I really need right away. And, and enough so that if, you know, I, I will go to the local Best Buy or the local guitar center thingy, whatever. It's not a guitar center, but, you know, it's like a – it's like a local audio video store, whatever. Uh, and I'll go in there and rummage through and try to find it there and, you know, because I need it right away. And uh, I would absolutely, if Amazon had the right thing, I'd push that button and get it here in an hour or two. Woo, that'd be amazing. I reckon, I reckon you, so you're saying you would pay extra for the, that, that convenience of having something delivered to you right there and then. You can carry on doing what you're doing and then, you know, some robot somewhere is delivering a thing outside your door and then you pick it up and you can carry on doing your work. You don't yes. have to take time out of your day right. to go to the store, right? Yes. And then I can imagine in 20 years' time there will be services set up, which is bespoke artisanal human-delivered products <laughs> where people will pay extra to have a real human right. deliver their products yes. because they love the old feeling, the old time you were. And the guys will be dressed like an old UPS guy. Yeah, it's like, yes. hey, he's wearing yes. brown like an old UPS guy. <laughs> I remember those as a kid. Yeah, that'll be that'll be, uh, that'll be be the hipsters of that generation that are using that service. And there'll be some great justification for it too. And they'll even find an environmental angle like uh, like the vehicles will be driving to that point will be uh, so lined with solar they'll actually contribute power back to the environment or something. They'll have a really good reason for it. I love it, Popey. Uh, all right, so there you go. This is an interesting week. We have CISA that could be making some serious progress this week. We've got net neutrality going on uh, all over the place, really. And we've got uh, possibly some serious drama brewing for Facebook. Uh, this could be a big this could be a big brouhaha for them. So it'll be interesting to see if they come out and uh, 
put any water on the fire. So if you uh, see any stories that are relevant or interesting, techtalktoday.reddit.com, another great place to submit any other stories for the show. Uh, techtalktoday.reddit.com is also a good spot for feedback. Now, if you'd like to support the Jupiter Broadcasting Network, patreon.com slash today. Now, over here, we are gaining up our war chest to move up, move out, and introduce a new show. Now, I don't know. Actually, no, we're under the gun now. We're definitely getting down to the wire. But this is an example of something that I really love about the Patreon funding model is we just won't ship it until it's ready. We'll just make sure we have the time to get it right. But at the same time, we've bought the hardware, we've made the investments, we've been able to know that we'll have the funding to do that, so we're in a really good position to move forward. That is, for for people that are working on a creative project, that is a really great place to be in. And so the other thing it does is it means we orient the show towards the audience because that's the primary source of funding. Patreon.com slash today. We raise funds there for the entire audience. Thank you for the entire show or for all the shows. And one thing I did want to kind of mention is you know, this show is a thank you to our supporters. And while I have been super crazy busy, I have not been able to do this show daily. As I, you know, I would really love to be able to do it every single day. It's sort of... I don't know why that that just seems really was a, has always been very appealing to me to have a daily show, uh, something something you guys get to listen to every day, something I get to check in on every single day. Uh, but my schedule has been absolutely crazy, so I apologize for those of you who who also are patrons because of the show, and it has been in that way lacking for you recently. I hope that the shows you are getting, you are enjoying, because I'm trying to make sure that when I do this show, I really am able to dedicate myself to it. I think part of what it was is. Uh, to do really do a daily show, uh, I have to be pretty much in here every single morning early enough to get the show ready, put together, and on on the air. And uh, depending on where I'm staying, that's pretty far away. But also, there's just a lot of things I'm catching up on. We're getting ready for another trip, so there's some things I'm planning. So it makes it very, very difficult. So what my intention is right now is to do this show when I feel like I can do a really good job at it. And I apologize that it's not currently daily. Um, you can call it Tech Talk Tuesday. This week, which still TTT still works. Oh, geez. I like that. I like that a lot. So we might call it TTT for for this week, uh, just for Tech Talk Tuesday, because uh, the uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, the Friday, the Friday schedule is all booked up. Last will be on Sunday and uh, we're going to have a double tech snap on Thursday to um, uh, cover for when I'm going to be in Colorado. So and I'll tell you more about that soon. I'll be in Colorado soon. That's why we're kind of uh, crazy busy. And so uh, if you uh, want to watch uh, TechSnap, join us at 11 a.m. Pacific over at jblive.tv. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for all of these changes to be laid out. I hope you followed all that. I know it's a lot of stuff. Patreon.com slash today. We could really use your support. We are working super, super hard these days and uh, really hustling. And so your support means a lot. It's not just also a matter of the funding. It also is a matter of actually getting direct support from your audience, which is uh, really fulfilling. Patreon.com slash today. Thanks, everybody, who supports the entire network. Sorry about the crazy schedule. Uh, life gets really, really busy. When you do as many shows as I do, a few things have to get moved around a little bit. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. So we are wrapping up today with a video game intro. I wanted to play a couple of these because we did some TV intros, and then I realized, shoot, we have missed video games for a while. And so techtalktoday.reddit.com is a great place to submit a really great classic game intro. It's got the bar is high. The bar is how high is the bar? Well, it's at least as high as Sonic the Hedgehog can jump. Thanks for joining me, everybody. See you later.
Thank you.